Welcome back to Beyond the Helmet. Of course, that is hashtag BTHPod if you're following on social media. And today, man, we're going to learn from another great, at least in my era when it came to watching interior defensive linemen, there was a force in Buffalo. Then thankfully, he moved out of the division I was watching as a Patriot fan, was terrorizing the NFC North for a bit. It is none other than Big Pat, Pat Williams. How's it going today, sir? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. And of course, I call you sir, not just because you earned the respect on the field, but for those that don't know, you're also Coach Pat, and you're also involved in law enforcement. So I'm going to mind my P's and Q's. going to make sure <laughs> I stay on your good side. Yes, sir. <laughs> so for you to be you know, involved in doing different things today, of course, outside of being a professional athlete, do you mind just speaking about just navigating that whole process for you of deciding what you wanted to do after playing and, you know, how do you find yourself where you are today? It was kind of hard and stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? Once I, I retired and stuff, I was getting calls for the come, you know what I'm saying? How have opportunity for the coaching, the college, you know what I'm saying? Coaching the pros, be intern and stuff, but everybody ain't understand uh, that my uh, son was still young. So I want to spend time with, with, with my son. Great. Everybody can ask me, Coach, why you ain't coaching in the pros? Why you ain't coaching in college? I say, I'm a dad first, so I'm trying to spend time with my son first. Priorities. Yeah, because if, if I didn't, I would be in trouble with the wife. So so basically, <laughs> she say, it's your turn with your son, so you better take care of your son right now. That's awesome. So um, you, you made the call to basically be able to have a stable home life, right? Do stuff where you know, you'd be able to be around. Your son every day, yeah. I'm at the, you know what I'm saying, in High School, so I work at the school, too, so I can get to uh, see my son all day, every day. So coaching high school kids, you, obviously you learned so much through being a pro athlete for as long as you did and being a dominant player. You know, when you look at high school age defensive linemen, what's the biggest thing that you find that they need the most help with to get them ready to play at the next level? You know what I'm saying? Basically, like uh, using their hands because they don't, don't, don't understand it. Uh, like using their hands is a, a big time, a time thing, uh, like playing deep tackle. And I told them I was inside high school, I ain't learned that until I got to college. And I say, well, since I played now, so I've been trying, trying to pass it on to the uh, guys here. You got to be able to use your hands. Yeah. And so basically, it kind of comes down to what's more important. Is it the hand fighting or is it the feet? So ultimately, would you say when it comes to being a really good defensive tackle, is hand fighting more important than the feet or are, are feet still number one? It's still both. You know, you know what I'm saying? Good feet and good hands. They all work together. Now, can you teach quickness? Because if anyone remembers you playing or watches your film, for, for a six foot three, 300 plus pound man, I, I mean, you were very quick did you ever have any sort of drill or anything that you did that allowed you to always be that quick because it, it's surprising it jumps out at you oh yeah everybody's out fast but you know i just learned watching bruce smith like everybody understand that i played with uh, bruce smith and all them all them veterans guys before i got good and i just used to watch bruce every day and, and ask bruce smith questions every day like like yeah. oh, he's getting tired of me asking questions he said all right now Bruce, stop asking me questions i said i'm gonna ask you questions every day bruce because I'm trying to get what you at. I'm so glad you said that because I, I really wanted to get into this. The first like four years at Buffalo, you know, it's not that you're not playing a lot. You do get on the field, but I mean, like you are, you're an understudy to Bruce Smith and you know, you end up playing in the interior, but like you have Ted Washington too. Talk yep. about two amazing guys to learn from. So you, you were picking their brains every day, trying to get better. Hey, yeah, but 
I learned a lot from, from Ted Washington. And then once I started playing a lot behind Ted Washington and stuff like me and him, like that's when Ted started making all the Pro Bowls because Ted wanted to get tired because, because of me and Ted, we had our own sub going on. So, so, so when Ted got tired, I'm on the field. Then when Ted got ready, he back on the field. So we just wind, like basically wearing everybody out. Now, I'm not trying to put Ted on blast here, but how much did Ted Washington weigh? Like, it, was it like 380? That that man was one of the biggest dudes I've ever seen. Oh, see, Ted was big, period. He was saw his hands and his foot. Ted, Ted was a big guy. I, I, I was just look, look at him sometimes. Damn, Ted big. He was, he, he, he was just big. Ted was just big and solid. Everybody on stand, Ted was about 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, oh, mountain of a guy. And, I mean, Bruce Smith, one of the best defensive ends ever. So part, part of you just trying to get better, how do you look at one of the best ever at defensive end, and Ted, one of the best nose tackles ever, but physically he has tools that no one has. He's just, those are God's gifts. How much yeah. did you try to balance taking what you could from them and then maximizing what your gifts were? Because sometimes you can't just replicate what someone else does. Yeah. Because I was asking Bruce all the time, man, how you get off the ball so good? How you read so good? Bruce just said, like, he's always telling me, just keep working hard. And it'll keep studying film and like it gonna come. But I was getting frustrated. And be always saying, What what the hell are he talking about? It's it gonna come. It's gonna keep coming. But and then after my fifth year, I realized what, what Bruce was talking about because the game slowed up and I started seeing little stuff. Everybody already moving before they snap the ball. Everybody moving slow. And, and I didn't realize that so I said, Oh, that was Bruce was talking about. The game gonna come to you once you keep studying the game. Yeah, so, so no wonder why you played until you were nearly 40. Once the game slows down, you, you're just able to, to move at a different speed. I, and yep. you just keep – you're like a database. It just keeps getting bigger and better with, with all the guys that you face. Yeah, because – and they all seen the play for, before you started. And people's wondering why – how I don't get in the backfield so quick? How I don't jump in these plays so quick? Because at the end of the day, I studied film and I saw the guys were moving for the ball snap. You understand? Like, offensive line is already moving real, real slow. Everybody's leaning the way they're going. And I'll be saying, oh, I'm going to jump this. I'm, I'm going to jump this. I'm going to jump this. So everything was easy for me. So can you just talk a little bit about playing the position? Like, in, in terms of developing any sort of pass rush technique, you know, I saw a lot of you using the swim. Was that your go-to move? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go through some like, no, move. And then some guys, uh, if I'm playing against, you know what I'm saying, a guy real young, I'm just whooping his ass. If it's got a real young guy, I'm playing two, three years. Like he ain't blocking me. He ain't, I'm, I'm giving my whole time the whole game. Now you talk so like basically those first four years in Buffalo, you, you're kind of learning. You're, you're you're preparing to break out. Those last four years, man, you are rock solid. You're as good as they come. But it's not until Minnesota, you know, what we're talking when you're a little long of the tooth. I, I mean, when it's like what. Um, 34, 35, 36 years old, you're yeah. playing your best ball making to Pro Bowls. Like when you get to Minnesota and you get at least, you know, the, the league, your your uh you know, fellow NFL players giving you the the props that you deserve. Were you doing anything different at Minnesota, or is it just a matter of like you finally have arrived and we're getting what you've earned all, all those years you put in? Yeah, because people understand because when I was at Buffalo, man, I just felt unappreciated because people understand I was a nose tackle. And I, I was averaging 100 tackles at nose tackle. Nobody averaging 100 tackles at no nose tackle. So I was just unappreciated. I never got my props. I, I always get frustrated sometimes, but I say, I, I always say, I know I'm good. So I ain't, I, I say, they ain't like get my props in, baby, because I know I was good. And I was one of the best in the league doing it. But 
I I never got my props till I got to Minnesota. So is that just like a different scheme, or or do you think it's like a bunch of things that, that allowed you to get your props? I really don't know, man. Because I always play, I always play, just I always just play good, and then I guess I went to Minnesota, and then I got, I got a chance to play with Jerry Allen, Kevin Williams, all of us, so all of us played off each other, and we just made each other better than what we was. Like we always out trying to play each other. Every game that was all go out trying to play each other. Like we weren't jealous or nothing. We just all trying to outplay each other. Now, part of you get staying in the league so long, you know, you get to learn from guys like Bruce Smith, Ted Washington, like we talked about. But by the time you get to Minnesota or maybe even at the end of your time in Buffalo, do you remember becoming that guy for other guys to kind of teach them the ropes and, and show them the ins and outs so that they could improve their craft? And, you know, you get to become the mentor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the coaches always use actions for to help the other guys. So, like, everybody came talking to me, asking what I do in all season and stuff. But I just say that I say in all season, you got to get out to work. I always take two weeks off for the go on vacation, family time. Then I'm right back there. I'm just working every day. And I always live like, well, I stayed in Buffalo year-round, so I always work out year-round. I say, if you want to be great, you got to work out year-round. You just can't be going here, partying, going out, going this. You got to stay where you, you know, play at and, and then just, you know what I'm saying, work out all year. Do you remember anyone in particular that you thought would really be special that you got a chance to work with and help them grow? Oh, yeah, Brian Robinson from, uh, for the Vikings. Brian Robinson, then a DN, uh, Eddie Griffin, like, like Griffin, because like Griffin came in the league. I said, I say, boy, you is not going to make it because he he to hold him attitude in Minnesota. I say, boy, you ain't going to make it. And, and we say, but he wound up being one of the top defense in, but he, he always listened to us, though. He always listened to me. He always listened to me. So like he changed his attitude and then he was one of the great pass rushers. Now, on the flip side, were there particular offensive linemen over the course of your career that, that you you loved that matchup for whatever reason, or were there any guys that you really hated to go up against? No, uh, like old school, because I played against a lot of Hall of Famers, like uh, Kevin Maway, like like he was a smart guy. I always loved playing against him because he was like he was a smart, like he was like he was one of the smartest center that I played against. And then the uh, Chicago Bears center, man, they had battles uh, every like every year when we played the, you know, what I'm saying played the Bears. Yeah, Olin Cruz, a, a guy that doesn't get a lot of credit for how good he was. Yeah, he don't. But you know, Olin Cruz, one of the greats. Now, we, we jumped right into like the NFL days. But w- one of the things that I love about your career story is that like it basically almost didn't happen. Like your college, the way, the way that the whole college scene yeah. played out for you, man, like uh, from an outsider's perspective, it looks like it was so close to never coming together. So do you mind just talking a little bit about how you went from high school? You know, for those that don't know, you do JUCO for a couple of years, but you know, you want to go to Texas A&M. It doesn't work out. You have to say yeah. like crazy story. Do you mind just telling a little bit about it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it was kind of crazy because I was JUCO first and then I had a, I was JUCO because I, I ain't had a, t- because I didn't know I was going to college at, at, at first. And then a college coach came, he got me the last minute for the sign with Navarro junior college. And then I went there, played two years and then, and then I was the AM, all that. I signed AM, but it, it never happened. So I had to sell the whole semester. I came home, got a job working at KFC. So everybody thought I quit. Everybody thought that I quit school. Everybody looking at I told you, like, he wasn't going to make it. He wasn't going to make it, but they don't know. But I had a plane. So after that first semester, I got, uh, I came home work working. And then, and then next semester, I went back to school and I finished then with the AM. And then, but everybody thought I had quit school. I came home work, working at KFC. So, no, it's kind of funny in hindsight to look back and see how it played out. But but at the time, do you remember, like, 
were you dead set on making it to college football in the NFL? Like, did you have any doubts that it was going to work out? Like, did you almost quit and give up chasing it? I always had a plan. You had, like, 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 like my wife would tell you, I always stayed on track. Bad or good, I stayed on my track. I say, this is my plan. God got a plan for me, so I'm keep doing what he had me to do. So if, if there was God playing, uh, uh, like, let me sit out for a year, and then come back to school, like, like it was good for me because that year and it was, was on probation. So, so it was, it was like everything worked out good for me. Yeah, certainly did. Uh, yeah, I just got to ask, Mike Tomlin's a defensive coordinator for one year when you're in Minnesota, basically before he's the, the guy everyone knows from Pittsburgh. Did you see anything just with him being in the, in the same room as you for a year um, that would make you think, hey, this guy's going to win multiple Super Bowls? Oh, Mike Tomlin was smart, man. I, man, I love Mike Tomlin. Like, like Mike Tomlin, basically, you know what I'm saying, made my career go to another level because he always hold us accountable for everything. He never lied to me. That's what I love about him. Like, he's one of the coaches not going to lie to you. I hate coaches lie to you and always trying to sugarcoat, sugar, sugarcoat everything. Mike T and hold everybody accountable for doing play-by-play. We used to watch film together, and he called you out in front of everybody. So, so every game, I'm trying to ball out because I say, shit, coach ain't calling me out this Sunday. Uh, Monday after the film, he even called me out. So, so that made me play even harder. Yeah, it, obviously, what, what he's done back going back to at least 2006 continues to work today. I mean, he's still one of the top five coaches in the NFL. Excuse me. No, I, I just got to ask because I, you know, we talked a little bit about you know, hands or feet, um, quickness, but for a guy your size, for you to play, because your whole college situation, I mean, you're not a rookie. You're, at 25 years old, you're a rookie. So, like, you know, most guys, 21, yep. 22. But then you play 14. You're, you're playing until you're almost 40. Yep. What's the, the tips for a, a big man playing on the line, staying healthy it, for all those years? You got to have that, some sort of secret sauce. No, but uh, mine was always work out. It, it's like a year round of training, so I stayed – I, I, I just stayed at the facility working out. Stayed in. I stayed on my body. Stayed, stayed working on my body. If I had a little injury, I stayed ice tub, cold tub, heat box, all that, getting all my uh in off season. So I just stayed working. But by like year thirteen, were you like taking it a little easy on the knees or something? Did you, did you have to like adjust on the way to kind of make sure you didn't kill yourself too hard in the off season? I know I was gonna, you know what I'm saying, retire after that. After my fourteen year, like it was taking me longer for the. It'll take me longer for the bounce back. People understand that I was playing on Sundays, but I ain't start feeling good to that next Thursday. I say, I say, shit. I say, it's probably, probably my last year because it'll take my it'll take my body longer for the bounce back from all them damn all that hits on Sunday. Yeah, of course. That's what it's unheard of for a defensive lineman to play so long. So I had I thought for sure you had some sort of secret you were keeping from the rest of the world. No, I was working hard, man. But it was, it was some I had some bad weeks out the games on Sunday for trying to bounce back for the next week. <laughs> sure. Um, so I just want to ask a little bit about uh, j- just quickly, but as we get toward wrapping up here, you, know, you you play with so many different coaches and so many players. At the end of the day, whether it's a coach or player, what makes the best stand out from the rest? What was it? Because every you know, guys have different gifts. You know, there's some things physically that you're just sort of born with, but what? the stuff that you do have control over, what were those guys doing, yourself included, that allowed you to have the, those long careers where you stand out and people remember what you did out there? I just, man, like, like you got to play the game. Like, I don't know how other guys think, but I was, I, was, I was to play the game back, like, on Sundays. I didn't care about nothing. 
I, I, I was just free on Sundays. I said, I can't go to jail, no nothing. So I just, my mind said I was in a whole dark place every Sunday. I said, I ain't, I ain't give a fuck really. It, it, it sound bad and stuff. But, but, but I tell my son that, I say, if they ain't thinking like me, they don't need to be playing in front of me. Because I'm trying to whoop their ass. I say, I don't care on Sunday, son. I say, you got to think like that if you want to be the greatest. Love it. So, Pat, I got a couple last questions for you. It's called yes, the gauntlet. Just real quick ones. I got to get your knee-jerk reaction. What's most important? Is it having the number one offense or the number one defense? It's the number one defense because the uh, defense wins Super Bowl, and they just saw that the Rams, Rams defense won that Super Bowl for them. Yeah, I think the Bucs kind of did the same thing the year before to the Chiefs. Yes, sir. Um, now, what's most important? Is it the players or is it the scheme? I think the uh, the damn uh, – I think the players because sometimes that scheme messes you up. Like when the Buff, like I was mad the Buff, the uh, like the Buffalo Bills lost in that damn uh, against Kansas City. They had a chance to win, but the scheme was messed up. How you gonna kick the ball out the end zone with 13 seconds left? Wrong game, uh, wrong game plan. So I think the player is more important. Yeah, yeah, totally. Now uh, you you did so much. Do you have it like one or like a couple favorite football memories? Does anything jump out right away? Yeah, me uh, uh me getting intercepted against Miami Dolphins when I was playing with the Bills. I saw the, That's a good I saw one. that play. I saw that play three times that game. I said, I said, this damn dude throw that ball. If he throw that ball one more time, low across the middle, I'm picking this off. And I saw the play coming. I say, oh, here you go. I, I saw that play. He did it three times that game. He was throwing it low. I said, he throw that ball low. One more goddamn time, I'm picking this ball off. And I saw the play coming. I, I say, oh, here you go. And I just snagged it, rolled out of it, and ran to the end zone. I saw that play coming. I saw it coming. It's a great highlight. You got to appreciate a good big man pick six highlight. There's not too many of them. Yeah. Pre-game ritual, was there anything that you had to do? I, yeah. I love – I couldn't eat breakfast in the morning. I don't like eating for the game. And then I love listening to a slow music for to calm my mind down because I'll be in a whole other world. So I'll be trying to calm myself down before I take the field. Well, if you skip breakfast, did you have like a go-to post-game meal? Oh, yes. I always go to Manning Steakhouse after the game. We always, when I'm in uh, Minnesota, we go to Manning Steakhouse after the game. Love it. So last one for you, Pat. Uh, given everything we talked about, if you were going to talk to like, you know, a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid that just looks at you and says – I mean, you're a coach. So I'm sure you kind of get this all the time. They say, you know, hey, hey, coach, how do I get there? How do I do what you did? What's like the best piece of advice if you could sum it up on, on how to get that peak level of success? I tell them, uh, I say, I tell them, like, never doubt yourself. Anything you put on your mind is is not impossible for the, for the dude. Never, don't let nobody tell you that you cannot do it. Always go out there with your mindset that you do that you could do it. Anything impossible. Deputy, thank you so much for taking the time. Certainly appreciate it, Coach. Best wishes. And, uh, man, I'm, uh, I, I can't wait to see what you're doing for the community, helping the next generation, uh, giving back, at least the, the football, molding the, the young kids. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you for having me on. Um,